You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Ah, I love lying on the grass and watching the clouds. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me, Maynika and Sandin. Of course, Bob. Yeah. Oh, hey, that one, that one looks like a mouse slam dunking a basketball. Oh, and over there, that looks like a pineapple with legs. What do you see in the clouds, Bob and Manica? Hmm, well, that one looks like a cloud. Yeah, but Bob, they are clouds. Uh, yeah, of course they all look like cloud. He's totally right. Oh, you're right. That is a very cloud-looking cloud. Classic cloud. The cloudiest cloud that ever clouded. Mm-hmm, totally. Mm-hmm. What do you see, Manica? Well, you know, I don't think clouds look like things so much as feelings. What do you mean? Okay, so like that fluffy one over there? Yeah? That's the feeling of snuggling in a blanket on a cold day. And that wispy one? That's the feeling of sniffing a rose. Wow, I, I kind of see what you mean. Yeah, and that one coming toward us? That's the feeling you get when you hear our theme song. Huh, hearing our theme song? What does that even feel like? You know, it's kind of like, well, it's like this. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Zach from Chaska, Minnesota. Hi, Zach. Hi, Molly. Well, we've got our heads in the clouds today thanks to a question that you sent to us. What was that question? I wanted to know if I see a cloud here in Minnesota, will eventually maybe someone in Africa see it? I love that question. We see clouds all the time, but we don't often stop and think about where they've been and where they're going. So, Zach, what got you thinking about this? I think, like, I was just, like, at my school park, and I was looking up at the clouds making shapes with my mom, and then I was like, if I see, like, that cloud, um, could someone, like, eventually in Africa see it? And I think in Africa motivated me because I'm pretty sure at that time we were learning about Africa. Very cool. So what do you think of when you see clouds? Um, I think of, like, little water droplets. <laughs> What kind of cloud is your favorite? Um, my favorite clouds are like those big fluffy clouds. Like you see them like at the bottom, but then like when they sort of clear out, you see the top of them, mm. which is like just about the same size, but it looks smaller because it's way higher up. Interesting. So what do you do when you look at clouds? Do you think of like what they look like or do you just like to look at them? Um, I remember one time, like, it was a white fluffy cloud day, and I saw this one gray cloud that looked like a unicorn. Ooh. So do you like when it's kind of a gray cloudy day? Uh, yeah, because I know that usually means rain, and that usually means puddles, and that usually means worms to rescue, and I can put them in my mom's garden. That is a great chain of events. Rain means puddles, means worms, means garden helpers. 
So if you could ask a cloud a question, what would you ask it? I would ask it if it could go to Antarctica and bring me a baby penguin. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, cloud delivery service. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, let's start by getting to know clouds a little better. What are they exactly? Sometimes they look like fluffy cotton candy. Or maybe a tuft of gray hair. Or even a heaping scoop of whipped cream. But what they really are is water. Let's take a closer look with our handy dandy zoom ray. When you zoom in on the air around us, you'll see there's tiny bits of water floating all around. This water is a gas called water vapor, but it's too small for us to see with our eyes. Unless you have a zoom ray. Which we do. So this vapor makes the air humid, but it isn't a cloud yet. When that vapor climbs higher into the sky, it starts to cool down. Because the higher you go in the sky, the colder it gets. So when that invisible water gas gets cool enough, it starts to form water droplets, or sometimes tiny ice crystals. Usually it does that by grabbing onto something like dust or ash or even floating bacteria. Let's zoom in on some water vapor and watch. Burr, is it just me or is it getting cold up here? Oh, totally cold, my watery friend. I feel my energy slowing down. I need to sit. Samesies. Hey, look, a piece of sky dust. A perfect seat for a pair of water vapor pals. Ah, that's better. Hey, water friends, it's me, more water. That dust seat looks nice. Can I join you? Be my guest. As water in the sky collects on these microscopic things, it starts to form droplets. This is called condensation. Ooh, a sitting party. Move over. This water pal is coming in for a landing. Oh, can I, another friendly particle of water, join you all too? Hmm, this droplet is getting pretty packed with pals. Yeah, why not sit on that dust over there? Excellent idea, chums. I shall. Look, I'm starting my own droplet now. Yay! If enough water droplets form in the same area, they'll make a cloud. The same thing can happen when water vapor lands on something and suddenly freezes. In that case, the cloud is made of ice crystals instead of water droplets. And clouds often look white because those water droplets scatter all the colors in sunlight equally. And since sunlight is white, clouds look white too. When clouds get thicker, less light gets through, making them look gray. But either way, you can think of a cloud as a giant stadium of water particles just having a sitting party together. Oh boy, there sure are a lot of us around here now. It's a crowd! No, it's a cloud! <laughs> ah, you crack me up. No wonder we're friends. I know. <laughs> Hey, let's do the wave, because we're water, get it? The wave? <laughs> H2O, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. <laughs> Cloud friend. By the way, despite what you might see in cartoons, you can't sit on a cloud. They only look solid from far away. Up close, they look like mist. In fact, fog is pretty much just a cloud at ground level. So those are the basics of cloud formation. Let's zoom out and get back to the studio. Into our chairs. Suddenly, I really want to sit on something. 
Okay, now that we're all caught up on clouds, let's get to your question about how they travel. We pitched this one to one of our favorite weather watchers. Well, I think this is a really, really great question. I'm Deanna Hintz, and I'm an assistant professor at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Deanna studies clouds and how they form weather patterns. So, Zach, she actually had two answers to your question about whether a cloud you see in Minnesota could travel to Africa. The first answer is about how far a single cloud can travel. Are you ready to hear about that, Zach? Yep. Okay, let's see what Deanna has to say. So if we think about just a single cloud, probably the easiest one to think about is a thunderstorm because those things get very big and tall and they grow up into the atmosphere and they have the bottom part where you see all the rain and lightning coming out. But at the very, very top, you'll see that the thunderstorm spreads out and gets rather thin. And we call this an anvil cloud because it looks like an anvil that a blacksmith would use, right? To like pound out a sword or something. The anvils are like a lot of times in cartoons too. Like, you know, they're the big black metal things that maybe like wily coyotes trying to drop on the roadrunner. Well, Deanna says if you saw a thunder cloud from the side, it would kind of have that shape, a wide base, narrower in the middle, and then spreading out really wide at the top. And the reason why is because that cloud is actually hitting the top of the lowest part of our atmosphere. And so it can't go any higher than that. So it just spreads out up there instead. You can think of it like a ceiling for weather. When the clouds spread out against this atmospheric ceiling, they become really thin and wispy. These are called cirrus clouds and they can travel pretty far from the thunderstorm that grew them. It's almost like if the cloud was like spewing off a ton of glitter and that glitter was traveling way away from where the original, you know, glitter gun was shooting it upward, right? And they typically can last about up to a thousand kilometers. So even though that cloud may not make it to say Africa, if you were standing on the beach on the East Coast, say in South Carolina, that thin, wispy cloud could possibly make it all the way to Bermuda, which is in kind of in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And, you know, say hello to the folks on that lovely island there. So imagine thunderstorms shooting off wispy white darts that float far away from the storm that made them. Those darts might go hundreds of miles, not quite from Minnesota to Africa, but still pretty impressive. We're going to hear some more thoughts Deanna has about how far clouds can travel, but first, something else that has traveled far and wide. It's time for the... Okay, you ready for this mystery sound, Zach? Okay. Here it is. Okay, it's super short. So we have to hear it a couple more times. Let's hear it like two more times before you guess. Okay, one more time. All right, Zach, what could that sound possibly be? Um, I feel like I heard like a little like metal, mm-hmm. like clashing. Mm-hmm. So um, my guess would be like a fly swatter, Ooh. like swatting something. 
nice? Yes. Well, we're going to hear it again, and you will have another chance to guess in just a bit. And we're going to hear another answer to Zach's cloud query. Yeah, so stick around. Here at Brains On, we've been answering your questions about the coronavirus for over a year now. This has been a tough and challenging year for everyone, but we hope that you've had some moments of joy too, and we'd like to hear about them. We're working on a new episode and would like to hear about the things from this last year that have been a positive force in your life. Was it more time with your family? Maybe learning a new skill? Maybe you found the window in your house with the best view. Zach, what comes to mind for you? Um, I'm pretty sure I played Roblox on this computer. <laughs> nice. So you got some more video game time in. Yeah, and I think I also played Minecraft and wrestled my mom. We wrestle hard. <laughs> <laughs> Send us your answers by visiting brainson.org slash while you're there, you can send us drawings, ideas, mystery sounds, and questions like the one Jess from Carlsbad, California sent us. Jess wanted to know, why do pugs have such scrunchy faces? We'll answer that at the end of the show during our moment of um, and we'll read the most recent group of listeners to be added to the Brain's Honor Roll. So keep listening! Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. You are listening to Brains On. I'm Molly. And I'm Zach. And this is the mystery sound. Here it is again. Okay, let's hear it like a couple more times. Okay. So, Zach, you were thinking fly swatter, which was a great guess. Do you have any new thoughts? Do you want to stick with fly swatter? What do you, what do you want to do? Um, I sort of have a new guess. Okay, let's hear it. Um, like, when you're playing tennis and, like, you're, like, a really good player, so, like, you hit it hard and it hits the net. Ooh. Like, sort of like that sound. Yeah. I I, I understand what you're talking about. Do you want to hear the answer? Mm-hmm. All right. Here it is. I'm Logan. I'm from Calgary, Alberta. That was a sound of me opening a new tennis can. Hey, that's kind of interesting. It was connected to tennis. Not the net, but opening a new can of tennis balls. That is a really tricky sound. 
but good job getting close. I think you got real close. Before we get back to the clouds and hear a second answer to your question, are you up for another game? A weather-themed game? Yeah. Great. I call it Potter or Pattern. I'll give you a word and you tell me if it's related to a weather pattern or Harry Potter. Uh, I barely know what Harry Potter is. Like, <laughs> there's one thing, there are two things about Harry Potter I know. Yeah. One, Harry Potter is in it. Two, <laughs> magic is in it. <laughs> those are the two things I know. Well, those are two great places to start. And you don't really need to know a lot about Harry Potter for this. You just kind of have to think if the word sounds like something related to magic or something related to weather. Um, I'm more scientific. Okay, great. So maybe you'll recognize the weather ones. And then if you don't recognize it, you can kind of use process of elimination and say, maybe that's Harry Potter. First one is cumulonimbus. Oh, that's a type of cloud. Weather. Yes, indeed. Very good. Cumulonimbus is a tall, dense, fluffy cloud. That's it's made, my favorite. It's a beautiful cloud. It's made by air currents carrying water vapor up into the sky. And for those who have heard Harry Potter, they might recognize that as well because Harry's broom that he rides is called the Nimbus 2000. So it's similar. All right, Zach, here's the next one. Capacious Extremus. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a spell. Correct. You've never even read it, but you know that is a spell. It's a spell Hermione used to make her purse hold way more than a normal purse should hold. Nice work. All right, here's the next one. Acromantula. I'm going to say weather pattern. This one is a Harry Potter word. In the book, this is a species of giant spider. Like mantula kind of sounds like tarantula. I knew it, but I was like, wait, acrobatics? You were, you were questioning yourself. That was a good, good work. All right. Here is another one. Anvil crawlers. That's easy. Hey, Potter. It's actually a weather pattern. What? Yeah. So this is a type of lightning and where it looks like the bolts sort of are like, look like a tree and they go horizontally through a cloud. And it's interesting. Remember, she was just talking about how some clouds look like anvils. So anvil crawlers is a kind of lightning that kind of like crawls through one of those clouds. Oh. Here is the next one. Cirrostratus. That's weather pattern. Yes, indeed. These are whitish, transparent clouds that cover the sky like a veil. Pretty cool. All right, last one. Sprites. Um, I'm going to say Harry Potter. You know what? You were going to be right either way because it's both. So in weather, sprites are a special kind of lightning that occurs above a thunderstorm. They're red bursts of light. Super cool. And in Harry Potter, sprites are magical creatures that live in the water. In the water? Yeah. Yay! I love water. <laughs> nice work. For not having known Harry Potter, you did really well. Thought, thought, thought. 
Okay, you asked if a cloud could travel from the United States all the way to Africa. So we heard how far a single cloud might travel, which is somewhere in the middle of the ocean it could probably get to. But now let's ponder a cloud system. So do you know what a cloud system is, Zach? Uh, no. Yeah, so it's a group of clouds that move together to create a weather pattern. So for example, instead of one thunderstorm cloud, you could have a whole group of thunderstorm clouds. So here's Deanna Hentz again. So if you think about if you get a bunch of thunderstorms together and they all get together and say, we're going to work together to do something really, really cool. They can start to group together and help form new thunderstorms and some of the maybe the older ones kind of die away. But we have different thunderstorm systems that can travel very long distances. These cloud systems are very powerful and usually very dangerous. They include things like typhoons, derechos, and hurricanes. And they are super travelers. You know, for example, a hurricane can get its start just off the coast of Africa. And that same hurricane can come travel all across the ocean and then come say hello to us over the course of about a week to week and a half. Now... A mid-latitude cyclone could maybe get its start, say, right next to the Rocky Mountains, say in Colorado. And that same storm could travel all the way to the United Kingdom. So go say hi to the Queen of England, you know, maybe after about a week. So these kinds of cloud systems can travel all around the world. So I like to think of them as globetrotters. They really can go and see many, many parts of the world over a course of time. So in this case, imagine a parade of clouds marching and swirling together. Some may die out as they move and others are born along the way. So these groups of clouds can go much, much farther than a single cloud can. But even these cloud systems will eventually die out when they run out of energy. For hurricanes, that typically happens when they reach land since they get their energy from the ocean. So there you have it, Zach. Clouds can indeed travel pretty far when they're in a group, make it across the ocean. Does this change the way you think about clouds? Not really. I still think of them as big groups of water and cotton candy. Well, it sort of confirms what you were hoping, which is that you hoped they could travel really far, and it Mm -hmm. turns out they can. So that's pretty cool. Today, we track clouds using satellites in space, but in the old days, people just watched the sky to see what was headed their way. And Deanna says we all share the same weather, and it brings us together. One thing that I love to think about is that some of the earliest international collaboration in diplomacy was over the weather. It's when people really started realizing that, hey, that weather that's happening in this next country over is going to come to us and it's going to keep going. So it's really better if we all share our data so that we can all help each other know what's going on. And so, you know, that's been going on since the middle of the 1800s. That's one of the most successful and long going types of international cooperation that we've had in the history of the world. And I think that's really, really cool. Clouds are collections of water droplets or ice crystals floating in the air. 
Thunderstorms can send out wispy clouds that can travel hundreds of miles from their source. And when clouds group together in a cloud system, they can go much further, across oceans even. Weather brings us together, and it is one of our earliest examples of countries sharing scientific data. That's it for this episode of Brains On. Brains On is produced by Sandin Totten, Mark Sanchez, Manica Wilhelm, and Molly Blue. We had production help from Ruby Guthrie and Christina Lopez, engineering help from Alex Simpson and Veronica Rodriguez, and special thanks to Julie Gola, Rosie DuPont, Jack Silvernagle, and Naomi Cowan. And shout out to my teacher, Emma Berglund. Brains On is a non-profit public radio program. You can support the show at brainson.org slash fans. There you can find links to donate or join our free fan club or check out our new Brains On merch. We now have Brains On shirts, baseball hats, and face masks. And you can buy the Brains On book there too. That's brainson.org slash fans. And now, before we go, it's time for our moment of um... Today's moment of um was sent in by Jess, who asks, Why do pugs have such scrunchy faces? Pugs have squished faces because they have a slight difference in their DNA that makes the bones of the face not grow as far outwards as they would in a Great Dane. Hi, my name is Jeff Schoenbeck. I'm a researcher based at the University of Edinburgh over here in Scotland. I study animal genetics. So why do dog breeds look different from one another? Well, I think it has a lot to do with back in time, it became popular almost like a hobby to breed dogs. A certain style of dog fitted certain families or had certain uses. And so what we think happened is maybe a couple hundred years ago, breeders were breeding pugs or or some other breed of dog and At some point, there was a change in DNA and um, that affected how the face, the, the, the bones of the face took shape. You know, I like to think, well, the breeder looked at these puppies and these puppies had a very, very flat face and they really liked that that look. And so they, they kept on breeding for it. And that way they can kind of make a short face even shorter and shorter over time. There's some evidence that perhaps there's additional things that are going on the skin to wrinkle it um, more as well. So that's what happens in pugs. But then when we go over to another breed of dog, like the bulldog, or we go to the Boston Terrier, or Brussels Griffon, these are all different breeds of dogs that have short faces. The thing that we think is really the big player, the big change uh, in the skeleton, uh, the facial skeleton of these these flat-faced breeds, almost all the breeds have the same change. So that's really, really interesting because it means if you go somewhere back in time, these dogs are all related somehow to one another. And so there's a lot of history tying these dogs together, even though they look pretty different except for their squashed faces. Um, um. It's time for this list to evolve. It's the Brains Honor Roll. These are the incredible listeners who have sent in their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. 
Adriana from St. Paul, Minnesota, Tess from Montreal, Kieran from Los Angeles, Jaden from San Francisco, Emma from New York City, Kate from Belton, Texas, Conrad from Jacksonville, Florida, Olivia from Berkeley, California, Arav and Vanya from Switzerland, Tirza, Enoch, and Dara from Los Angeles, Una from Oregon City, Oregon, Aurelia from Nyack, New York, Corbin from Columbus, Ohio, Evelyn from Portland, Oregon, Nathan, Annalise, Gabi, and Noah from Rewaka, New Zealand, Milo from Stonington, Connecticut, Bjorn from Colorado Springs, Colorado, Louis and Caroline from Maple Grove, Minnesota, Kaylee, Philippe, and Benito from Buena Park, California, Mariam from Karachi, Pakistan, Sophia and Mia from Bristol, New Hampshire, Akiva from Baltimore, Rowan from Elmwood Park, Illinois, Callie from League City, Texas, Grace from Orlando, Florida, Diego from California, Eleanor from State College, Pennsylvania, Bryson and Camden from Blaytonsville, Maryland, Grazi, Nan, and Joey from Northampton, Massachusetts, Reese from New York City, Alora and Archer from Bothell, Washington, Cristiano from Sacramento, California, Amelia and Erica from Lincroft, New Jersey, Thomas from Melbourne, Australia, Nora and Miriam from Indianapolis, Olive from Careville, Texas, Avi from Chicago, Veer from Brooklyn, New York, Becca and Catherine from Cincinnati, Ivy from St. Louis Park, Minnesota, Zeus from Granbury, Texas, Rachel and Ava from Victoria, British Columbia, Daisy from Madison, Wisconsin, Jordan, Mitt, Jacob and Tony from Stoughton, Massachusetts, Meyer and Remy from Chico, California, Jamie from Irvine, California, Thomas from Moorhead, Minnesota, Alda from Canyon Country, California, Samuel from Kansas City, Missouri, Max from North Kingstown, Rhode Island, Simone from El Cerrito, California, Quinn from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Luca from Anchorage, Alaska, Quinn and Chloe from North Lima, Ohio, Lotus from Pacifica, California, Grace, Michelle, and Maribel from West Chicago, Illinois, Angus from Lower Hutt, New Zealand, Abby and Anderson from Cleveland, Grant and Mira from Brooklyn, New York, Lucy from Glendale, California, Mia from Northfield, Minnesota, Quinton and Evie from San Francisco, Logan from Phoenix, Cadence from Pennsylvania, No and Helen from Carlsbad, California, Tegan from Las Vegas, Maddie from Newberry, Florida, Emma from Chictawaga, New York, Lillian from Highlands Ranch, Colorado, and Aureli, Jasmine, Adrian, and Kaylee from La Mesa, California. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.